A lot of great bodybuilders begin their journey by overcoming huge challenges. Some people's bodies fall apart long before they begin to build them back up. So when they step on stage, the battle has already been won. Let's grow big together. The podcast that tastes as good as it looks. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the gains. Today, personal trainer, kidney transplant recipient, and bicep god, Hamilton Parks joins us to talk about overcoming his medical challenges to build a glorious jacked physique. Plus, if you want big biceps, train like a gymnast. Why sweet potatoes will make you swole. And be sure to check out our protein-packed sweet potato pie recipe. So delicious that both Ronnie Coleman and Patti LaBelle would approve. Let's grow big together. And all the fabulous podcasts made by Feast of Fun are made possible because of legendary listeners just like you. For an ad-free experience, access our full catalog of over 3,000 shows on our website, feastoffun.com slash plus, or follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Need help with your bodybuilding? Hire me to consult with you to get to the next level. Message me, Fausto Fernos, directly on Instagram, and for 99 bucks, I'll talk to you one-on-one on the phone and answer every question, every single question your heart desires. Hello, this is Hamilton Parks. Hi, Hamilton Parks. This is Fausto. And Mark from Let's Grow Big Together. <laughs> What's up, guys? My name's Cupcake. What's your? <laughs> <laughs> I love that your uh, fitness personal training business is named Cupcake Fitness. Oh, yeah. I love cupcakes. <laughs> no relationship to RuPaul's alter ego, Cupcake from Star Booty. <laughs> oh, was it? Cu- I thought it was pound cake. Was no, it no, cupcake. cupcake. Uh, oh. Star Booty, it's cupcake. When she goes undercover as a, as a uh, sex worker on the street, she's like, cupcake. My name's name. Cupcake. What's y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a look at that. No relation to that. It's a movie that RuPaul doesn't want anybody to see, I guess. <laughs> it's It's been like erased off of Netflix and everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to watch it, there we do have a link on YouTube, but it's like unlisted. It just says like, funny movie. And it's subtitled in, in Portuguese. Or yeah, it's, a, it's in yeah. Brazil. Like, Brazilians love this movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've got to <laughs> find so that. We. i got to see that. I yeah, think yeah, if you yeah. want to buy like a DVD of it on on, on uh, eBay or something, it was like $200 or something yeah. crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my name's there's, Cupcake. There's a lot of... If you want to buy my DVD, it'll be $1,000 for you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's some full frontal in there, and I just, you know... She's got to be respectable now. Yes. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> but that's not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton, that's for another time. Yes. You, you have phenomenal biceps. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure everybody asks, can I touch them? And also asks you, because you're a trainer and a bodybuilder, like, how do I get big biceps? Yeah, that is, um, I was just in the grocery store yesterday and this woman came up to me and and said something about them. So I'm pretty unassuming normally, but I guess other people are always saying something about them. So you're right. 
Now, do you wear tight T-shirts or you're like sometimes like when you're going into a, a place and you th- you're like wanting attention? Are you just like, well, let me show them the guns and that'll really impress them? Well, I just, I don't, I don't like loose shirts. I just, they don't feel right. So I, I mean, I guess it's kind of a show them off type thing, but the, it's more like just comfort. I feel like I'm swimming in a, if I'm in a shirt that's too big. Well, you do uh, have photos of yourself in one of those bodybuilding spaghetti tops, those tank tops that they're, you know, they give you away for free sometimes at <laughs> bodybuilding expos. Yeah, I um I just I prefer to work out in um in tanks. So like mm-hmm. if I'm wearing a t-shirt then it's probably like a leg day, mm-hmm. but um but in order to do like most of my uh lifts, like I feel like I need I don't I can't wear sleeves cuz it just gets too tight, too hot. Uh, those peaks on uh, those biceps. I'm looking at your Instagram on Cupcake and I'm just like, "Wow, that's they're high." Yeah, um I I think it's a little bit of genetics, um but I do um you know, a little bit goes a long way with my training. Yeah. So, well, you know, this is a question I get asked a lot. And as a person who studied gymnastics in my youth, uh, you know, and you look at who has the best biceps in any kind of sport, it's the gymnasts, right? Yeah. And, and part of that is, you know, they're doing a lot of what, what I, the term that I really like is called um, uh, eccentric and correct me here, Hamilton. So eccentric is when you slow down against gravity. Correct. Right. So when you're doing a, a chin up, that's going uh, against gravity. And when you're slowing it down, that's the, uh, ex- I'm sorry, in the direction of gravity. And you, I heard in one of your podcasts before, uh, one of your episodes about the eccentric uncle. Um, and that's such a good way to, to think about it. Like the, the weird uncle, like that's when you're, when you get weird, get nasty, like you're, you're like exerting all the force on that muscle. And, and so, so the idea here is, you know, for the gymnasts is they're doing their chin ups and they're going slow on the way down and that's built, you know, giving you enough muscle damage, but I don't know, there's something magical that happens with like close grips, palm facing ch- uh, chin ups that can really help develop your biceps in a way that no other bicep exercise does in my opinion. Yeah, that's actually how I start all of my uh, my pull days is with uh, pull ups to failure. Me too. Yeah, it's that's the best way to like put all that yeah. blood in there, like pre exhaust the muscle. So, absolutely. And you know, there there is like a, another strategy that you know we we hear this a lot, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts and the bro split versus integrating your arms into the you know the larger muscle group day. So like. So if you're doing chest, um, some people like to do tricep works on that day and other people like to do bicep works because your triceps are already exhausted from doing chest. Other people like to do that in addition to having an arm day by itself. What are your thoughts on this? Because you, you know, you can speak from experience because you have fabulous biceps. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really do like an arm day, like just an arm day by itself. I I do the, it's pretty much the bro split, the push pull legs. So push, um, I'm doing, um, chest and triceps and shoulders. And then on pull I'm doing, um, back and biceps. So, uh, but I will say like, I, I don't do, um, I, I, what I traditionally do is go, I don't do rest days. So mm-hmm. I go push, pull legs, push, pull legs, just all the way through. So it, usually it's not like Mondays or push or anything like that. So every, um, every third day, 
is um, is a pull day. And so that's when I'm doing my um, my buys. So the very next day or yeah. the very the day before the push day is when I've done the triceps. So I've got the the um, the push on one day and then pull the next day. And so it really, you know, my arms are like always full. Um, so I really give my, my arms like one day to rest, whether that's triceps or biceps. So mm-hmm. you, you find it's better to sort of like fully exhaust your tricep on your chest day because it's already being worked out to some degree, as opposed to giving your biceps a fresh chance on the chest day, for example. Correct. And, you know, that's interesting because like other people have say the opposite, uh, like, like the coach that I'm working with right now is like, I want you to try this approach. Yeah. So I actually like I, I just um, got a new coach, actually, and, and he is um, it's not it's not what I traditionally do. And I'm really trying to follow what he's saying to do um, so that I get all the gains that I possibly can. But um, I, I the it the the push day does have triceps in it, but then um, I do shoulders is a separate day completely. So normally I would do my my shoulders with my push um, and then pull pretty much is um, back and biceps. But I think mm-hmm. in the split that I'm doing right now, it, there's like two um, there is a um, there's two pull days within okay. that. So two back and bicep days. And, and the takeaway is basically like train as often the muscle group as often as it can recover. Right. And, and I, I learned a long time ago that yeah. um, you only need you need two days between each body part. So that's why. Um, and I'm, I'm also kind of like a energizer bunny. Like I can't not train. Rest days are the worst for me. Every now and again, I will take one rest day. I'm supposed to be taking two a week right now. Yeah. Um, but I just can't. I can't sit still that long. Why, why are you <laughs> supposed to be doing two? Um, just, just for rest and repair and and growth, um, is, but I have done, so everything up until now I've done without, uh, having a regular rest day. I literally go every day. Um, and if for some reason, like if I'm traveling or something and I just can't make it, then I don't feel so bad because I'm like, I did everything I could to, to get in the gym, but I just couldn't. You don't worry about overtraining? No. Um, I, I really will wake up in the morning and if I'm supposed to rest and I will like pace around the apartment or just be cranky uh, if I can't get a lift in. So you have that energy to do it and you're, you don't feel like your body needs time to repair. Well, well that's, that's the thing is with the um, two days off of every part, like I'm not training the same mm-hmm. body part um, more than, you know, I've got two days in between that. So I, I don't feel like it is over exhausting anything. Because okay. there are some people listening to this and they're like, honey, every day is a rest day. <laughs> I'm just listening for the sexy people. stories with the bodybuilders, you know. So, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and part of it is like, look, we want to encourage you to start simple, do something, uh, you know, 5% more exercise is going to make, you know, 200% bigger change in your life. Mm. Exactly. And uh, one thing that I love that everybody's starting to do and be more aware of now with the rise of smartwatches and, you know, personal pedometer rings or bracelets and stuff is just keeping track of your steps. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how a lot of it started for me. Um, And similarly, I'm still um, I have an Apple Watch and I don't necessarily need to close my rings, but I, I try to make sure that I do just because, again, that's like the 
the crazy competitive person in me. I've, I've got to, you know, push myself as far as I can possibly go. But you're right. Like getting started is just a matter of like moving. It doesn't have to be, you know, every day. It doesn't have to be for more than like 30 minutes a day. But that's what I try to tell people is uh, just get up and go do something. Now, Mark has us all beat here. Mark, what's your average steps a day? Uh, about 15,000, I'd say. That's a, the other day you were like 25,000. I mean, when, I, when I'm working, I can do yeah. 25 or 36,000. That's amazing. I'm like, I'm huff, I'm hoofing it to try to get 12,000. Uh, what's your daily steps? You know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not tracking my steps as much as I am just my like, you can open up your um, watch my, right now, Hamilton, and tell us. Okay, okay. Let me let me see. Take a look. Um, <laughs> Don't, you gotta put him on the put spot. Put him on the spot. Be like, it was four thousand. Yeah, because um, sometimes you know when you work like, a desk job, it's like it, it's hard to get those steps in. It is. You like know? I'm at forty six hundred right now. At you know one. And you just started your day. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. the only thing I did was really just take the dog off for a walk. That's and you do really that three good. times a day. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's true. I um, so I'm. I'd have to look at my phone, and that's I don't want right. to. Our dog is phone. more jacked than any of us. <laughs> he's like, that poor dog is like, come on, we're going for a walk now. He's like, again? Mm-hmm. No, oh that, gosh, my dog is lazy. My, I, our dog, if he could live outside, he would. You know, he's such a, such a sweetheart. But he's, you know, and that's like dogs love to walk to some degree. They're they're There's sort ha- of. It really helps with their yeah. dogs get very anxious when they don't yeah. walk. You know, so and you, people you got, do too. You have to walk them. Yeah. They, Relax. Yeah. Uh, a good, calm dog is a dog that is tired. Well, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a good, uh, calm boyfriend is a boyfriend that's tired too. Oh, I try and keep oh. you tired. <laughs> that explains everything. I like everything. to be tired. Yeah, you like to be tired. <laughs> I like to be tired. Worn out. <laughs> Worn out. <laughs> now, Hamilton, uh, your journey into bodybuilding and fitness has had a lot of highs and lows. Uh, You've had, uh, how many times have you had your kidneys removed? Well, actually, I haven't had them removed at all. I've just had them put in. I've had new ones put in. New so ones? Actually, yeah, I've had, okay. two, I've had two transplants, um, all because of congenital uh, birth issues, so born with uh, something that caused a blockage to my kidney. So by the time I was uh, just about three months old, they were damaged to the point of, um, you know, they were going to continue to um, to deteriorate until I would need a transplant. So, of course, you can live with one kidney, um, but with both of them damaged, I knew I was going to need a, a transplant. So when I was 24, I had to have one. Wow. Um, and so actually, I was not active at all until after that first transplant, like I was a really heavy kid. I was really heavy sedentary for the most part. Um, so after that first transplant, um, I did a competition at, um, at work where it was the biggest loser. Um, and I think I went from like 230 pounds to 190. Um, and that was, that was a lot of walking and cardio. I, I can't do cardio and walking now because I'll just waste away. And, and to, to clarify this for the listeners, not the TV show, The Biggest Loser, but it's a uh, just a challenge at your job. Correct. That was sort of based on the same premise, like who can lose the most weight? Right. So, um, so did you yeah. like uh, eat a lot before your first weigh-in? <laughs> Well, interestingly, yeah. uh, the first time around, I didn't have to eat a lot because yeah. I was already like pretty heavy. But then I did it the very next year just because I wanted to participate. And I did. It was it started in January. And so at Christmas, I just like went ham on like all the sweets, all the 
all the terrible stuff and it was delicious. But then I, I had already gotten to a, a lifestyle where I hated feeling disgusting. So um, I was ready to start. I, I didn't lose as much because, you know, if you don't have a lot to lose, like it, it's a lot harder to to take it off. But um, but but yeah, I definitely um, I did it again the second time around. The first time around, I won. I lost the most weight. Second time around, I didn't. Um, but then after that second time around, I decided I was actually going to start, you know, lifting weights because the first time was really just cardio and just getting rid of all mm-hmm. the excess weight. And, and so in terms of the, like your kidneys, um, since you started bodybuilding, have you had any kind of trouble with them? Um, that is a great question. I actually haven't. And people are always asking, like, is this okay for you? Like, are you okay to, to be doing all this? The funny thing was after my, um, I had a rejection scare the first time around yeah. and, um, I asked the doctor just to be sure. Um, and she said, just don't, um, which, I didn't really follow, but she said, uh, just don't deadlift more than, um, either. She said either half your weight or your weight is what she said. And I thought about that and I was like, well, that's nothing. And I was like, and how does that really affect my kidney? That Mm. would just, that just sounds more like a, you know, a functional type of caution for anybody really. Um, so I didn't really listen to her. (laughs) I guess that her concern is like your, you know, pressure on your abdominals Mm -hmm. would might compromise the kidneys that were put in there. Right. Possibly. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still, you know, I can still deadlift much more than I weigh and, um, and it, I haven't had any problems with that. So I'm on my second transplant now. I was just was at the doctor two weeks ago. I think I, I go see the doctor, I do labs every month and I go to the doctor, uh, every three months and they said, everything is wonderful. Um, so at first I was really scared about taking creatine because you know, that is, um, processed through your kidneys. Like when excess creatine comes out as creatinine, which, um, you have too much creatinine in your blood that, um, that can lead to really bad stuff. And usually that's how they will, um, determine whether you have like a loss of kidney function. So, um, my kidney function is actually great. And interestingly enough, after my second kidney, they told me that doctors are not using creatinine as a really good indicator of kidney performance now, just because, um, you know, advancements in medicine have shown that people with a lot of muscle mass, they usually have higher creatine levels just because of their, they have, um, low body fat, high muscle mass. It just means that you are, um, you're going to have more creatinine in your body. So, um, so yeah, nothing has really stopped me from from weightlifting even two kidney transplants in. Because this is the thing, you know, like with with bodybuilding and and muscle building in general, and you know, performance enhancing supplements or drugs, um, it they're just pushing nutrients into your muscle cells. Right. So the reason anabolic steroids work and work so well is because they're pushing you know protein and sugars into your blood into your muscle cells making them more efficient now because the tendons are not necessary. I guess tendons are living tissue, but they don't work the same way as muscle cells do. Well, they don't have that, the, the blood going into them, the right? blood. Yeah. So, so then they're not able to have that sort of performance enhancement. And so what happens, like you have a lot of people sort of having injuries 
uh, when they first start their first cycle because they're like, shit, I'm 20 or 50 percent stronger. Let's go, you know. And then the tendons are like, help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can't catch up with all that extra force on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to some degree, creatine sort of works in the same way is that it's pushing, you know, nutrients into your muscle cells. It's hydrating them for sure. And you're having that similar performance enhancement. Right. But uh, in your case, uh, you know, no one needs to ask if you're natty because if you were juicing, the, you would lose your kidneys, right? Or Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I have people ask all the time. Actually, people do ask. They're like, are you, are you on steroids? And I'm like, I'm not on steroids. Uh, and there's a simple reason for why not. It's because, like, it would just you know, ruin my kidney and my one good kidney. So I've got all, I've got four kidneys. Only one of them works. What is steroids? Uh, so to my two kidney? that I was born with the one that was transplanted, um, that doesn't work anymore. And then the transplanted one that I got in 2020, um, that is keeping everything going. So no, no steroids for me. Can't do drugs. What does steroids do to a kidney? I think it just, it, um, it, it wears them out just because like all of that is processed through the kidneys and it just can't keep up. Cause it's a, a lot of blood vessels in there too. Right. Well, my understanding is that, um, you know, anything that raises your blood pressure mm-hmm. is not going to be good for, for things that are very sensitive, like your kidneys. Mm-hmm. Right. So the way kidneys work is that there's teeny tiny little blood vessels in there. Mm-hmm. And so when your blood pressure is high, especially for a sustained period of time and you know, with steroid cycles, it's like potato chips. You just can't have just one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, after five or six years or a decade of being on high blood pressure and, you know, let's face it, a lot of people, they rather just kind of like go, no, 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 no. When it comes to their health, um, you know, I mean, you know, and I, I describe steroids as kind of as, as bad for your body as like smoking or drinking to excess. And so I always tell people, listen, if you're going to be on a steroid cycle, don't touch alcohol, don't smoke cigarettes, because all that stuff is just compromising your blood pressure. And so, you know, if you talk to a lot of these professional bodybuilders, the big guys, they're on blood pressure medication just because of the fact that it can be so damaging to some of your organs like your kidneys when when your blood pressure is high. Yeah. And and the other thing about um, that you have to watch out for, I have to watch out for is all of the protein that you have to take in to build the muscle, like with one kidney, you can't filter out like you're, if if I'm a spilling protein, like if they are checking my urine and they see that there's protein in my urine, that means I'm, I'm eating more protein than my body can keep up with. Mm So, um, so that's an issue too. You can smell the protein in your urine too, can't you? If sometimes, like, sometimes yeah. I feel like there's. I think I smelled something once, and <laughs> Faust was like, "That's you taking in a lot of protein." I'm like, "All right." You can see it too. It looks yeah. like if you're if it's really foamy. Yeah. Oh, if your urine's foamy. Yeah. If oh. it if it looks like you know almost kind of like suds. Oh. Like soapy. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is that why guys get peed on in the shower? <laughs> They're trying to get canes. <laughs> Here, stay still. Let me pee on you. It's good for your muscles. Soapy. Uh, you want soapy ones? Okay, let me take a little extra. They're like, I'm not sure this works, coach. Shut up. <laughs> Just take it. Yeah. My name's Cupcake, and I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> well, uh, you know, in terms of, like, navigating the world around you, you know, certainly, like, do you feel like your family is, like, 
supportive of your bodybuilding? Are they just like worry warts? Are they just like Hamilton? You're so healthy. Uh, (laughs) They're supportive. I think when I first started, they were like, really, they were nervous. My dad, especially was like, you know, should you be doing that with your, with your one kidney? And then, you know, once I got clearance from the doctor, then, you know, I really didn't get any, any worry with, with that. And then, the when I lost my first kidney and I like ballooned up and was out of shape couldn't work out was retaining fluid just because of the the nature of not having working kidneys I think they realized like you were really healthy when you were able to you know work out and lift and and be disciplined so um it's more like I get fit shamed because like I don't eat the way other people eat. That's the biggest thing. I'll, I'll go out to eat. They'll be like, Oh, you're not gonna You're not going to eat stuff like this. Are what, what are your friends and family in your community pressuring you to eat the most? <laughs> Normal food. <laughs> well, like, so like a macaroni and cheese, I'm imagining yeah, like, like pasta and bread and, um, and sweets. And I don't need, I don't need anyone encouraging me to eat sweets. Cause I mean, I freaking named my, um, personal training business after sweets. I love sweets. Like I could do, I could do sweets. I just, I know that for me and my body, like some people, it doesn't work that way. But for me, like I have to eat really lean, really clean in order to see the gains that I want. Because I just, um, if I eat a lot, I just, I just gain fat. Like I, I just can't, um, I have to really be intentional about the nutrients that I put in, in me, uh, in order to get the look that I'm going for. And for people who are not can't see you, you're a black man living in South Carolina. Correct. And so I imagine, you know, family and, you know, the holidays are coming. Right. No one's going to ask you to bring the mac and cheese. <laughs> they would because I can throw down on some. <laughs> you what? I can throw down in the kitchen. So you I, can. Mean, I, okay. I could, I could, I could actually, I mean, one of my specialties is a sweet potato cake. Um, Ooh. that, that I'm, cause there's this place in, in town that makes them. And I tried to go order one a couple of years ago and they were like, you should have called like a month ago. And I tried to call, but I couldn't get through. So I was like, well, damn it. I'm going to make my own. So, um, I've, I have perfected a really great recipe. Everybody loves, but, um, I've been known to make things and just give them away just cause does it fit for me? Do you add protein powder to the sweet potato cake? <laughs> no, but, but I actually have seen a, a recipe for like a protein, um, powder icing, which I could totally get behind. That sounds really good. Now, a lot of people ask, um, whether pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie is more anabolic. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up, right? Thanksgiving's coming up. And the answer to that is sweet potato pie is has more nutrients and way more fiber than than pumpkin pie. I'm glad because pumpkin pie is trash. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm I'm agree. You know, this is uh, <laughs> learn from the wisdom of of uh, our ancestors. You know, it's like sweet potato pie has all kinds of goodness, and you know, bodybuilders adore sweet potatoes. Oh in, yeah, as their carbs because it's so nutrient rich. Yeah. And, you know, on a runaway horse, you can't really tell the difference between sweet potato and and pumpkin pie. I think you can. A sweet potato pie is sweeter. And I think it has more. It definitely has more flavor than a pumpkin pie. It has more flavor. Pumpkin pie is like, pumpkin pie is like, it it tastes more like a vegetable. I mean, I know they're both vegetables, but it it tastes more, uh, I guess, 
earthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, sweet potato is more satisfying, I think. For sure. It's got a, a richer color to it. But, you know, the thing about the pumpkin pie, too, you know, we think about these pumpkins that sit out, you know, jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween. That's typically not what's in that canned pumpkin. The, the, the pumpkin is actually looks – it is still a pumpkin or it's a, some kind of squash. But it looks like more like a, yeah, it? it looks more like a butternut squash. Yeah. Than and in Puerto Rico, we had all our pumpkins are like green on the outside. And so as a kid, I was like, "Can we get an orange pumpkin?" They're like, "My mother's like, those don't come to Puerto Rico." Oh, <laughs> I bet so they the do first now, right? Year that they started bringing them in from the north. I was like, I have to have a pumpkin, and I carved a, like a pump, jack-o'-lantern, and and my, and my parents were like, "It's November, throw away the pumpkin." I'm like, no, <laughs> it's mine, Jackie's mine. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> now the thing about like pumpkins is they are so, or sweet mm-hmm. potatoes are great. You know, you can make a sweet potato or smoothie. a pumpkin s- s- smoothie into the soups. It is one of the best things you can be eating Mm -hmm. uh, as long as you control the sugar. Now, do you remember back then when uh, Patti LaBelle (laughs) and uh, the Reverend James Wright Chanel had their uh, viral moment with Patti's pies that were sold sold at Walmart (laughs) that can make you sing like Patti LaBelle? And then Patti LaBelle was asked by the uh, paparazzi what she thought about the Reverend James Wright Chanel's viral video where he's going, Patty, Patty, I love your pies. You're right. <laughs> and, and she said, I'm not a, a familiar with it. Oh, they're selling fine because of, you know, they're, they're good pies. Selling, yes. They've been selling all along. They've been selling all along. You know, she was basically dismissing it. And then, uh, uh, TS Madison on social media said, is like, Oh no, honey. She did not do it on her own. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. She needs to get a new attitude. <laughs> And that caught fire. And so the Reverend Wright, James Wright Chanel was invited to perform and, and for a minute tour with uh, Patti LaBelle. And uh, one day, uh, I believe it was, a, it was his birthday. He was celebrating with uh, Patti LaBelle. Uh, she gave him uh, some uh, Louis Vuitton luggage. <laughs> Allegedly, that was used. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And said, so like, take a hint. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in terms of Mar- so that that pie recipe, Mark and I found it and we uh, try to recreate it at home. And Patty LaBelle's approach is that she puts brown sugar on the crust mm-hmm. and pre-bakes it. Yeah. Then puts the sweet potato filling and bakes it some more. So the. The the crust is a, a little bit sugary, you know, sugary, but also oh, yeah. a little bit browner than normal. Yeah, like a cookie sounds like it is like a cookie. I'm not, and we were kind of like, eh, it's not as as you know all this hoopla. <laughs> we were like, eh, it's okay, you know. Uh, did we buy one from Walmart and compare that? And we compared it from Walmart, and you know the Walmart one is not the uh, sad to report. It's not Patty Labelle's authentic recipe that she puts in her cookbook so it's something that's sort of made to appeal to the masses Mm. but it's still delicious yeah it works for her i'm I'm a patty labelle sweet potato pie expert and um (laughs) on the show notes today we'll put a uh a protein rich version of patty labelle sweet potato pie in the recipes or smoothie (laughs) or smoothie uh, so you guys can uh, taste it along, get your uh, Thanksgiving fix, and uh, and still staying within your macros. How about that? Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, do you put what's in your smoothie, Hamilton? Yeah. Well, interestingly, I'm not on smoothies right now. 
Um, I'm only on egg whites after working out. Oh, so, but I mean, in terms of like, you don't blend anything to like, cause to me, it's like the, the smooth is a game changer. Gosh, I, I miss, I miss smoothies and shakes so much. No, I'm, I am literally downing egg whites and whole eggs after I work out. But you don't, sorry, I'm just, anything? I just vomited nope, a little you don't bit. Put any, <laughs> you don't put any carbs or anything in there? Nope, not at all. No, no fruit, nothing? No, nothing. So what do you, and you, you go to the gym and you got a carton of like uh, eggs that are cold or, or, or are they no, ultra pasteurized? So he's what? cracking them like a snake and swallowing I, them whole. I am, um, I'm coming home. So I, I was yeah. trying to do them, um, <laughs> raw. Uh, and so I, I come home and I, um, like right now in the fridge, I, yesterday I bought 60 eggs at the grocery store and, um, <laughs> and I hard boiled like a ton of them. And so I'll just come home and I will, um, I eat the whites and, and I feed my dog the yolks. And then, um, when I get to work, I have my second meal and I eat, um, four full eggs hard boiled. And then you go, Babs, Babs, where's the egg man? <laughs> <laughs> Has the egg man come today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what was her name of that character? The, um, I'm blanking out, but uh, Edith Massey yeah. plays her in Pink Flamingos. And she has an obsession with eggs. Every time I'm making a smoothie, I always think about her, you know? I, I sing that. Well, I, don't, I didn't see that, but I saw the, the RuPaul um, episode where they did a yeah. tribute to um <laughs> divine and i sing that song where um ginger men just is singing eggs 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 all i want is eggs and stuff like <laughs> that is my life every morning the golden <laughs> age of drag race. how many eggs do you consume a day oh my gosh um usually about eight that's a you know that's about what we're doing right now same you know four mm-hmm. eggs for breakfast and about like I put, I like to put two eggs in a, my smoothie and then two egg whites, half a cup of uh, Greek yogurt. Although I'm just not a fan of that low fat Greek yogurt, I find it's kind of like to be a little tart, too tart for my taste. But uh, it is, it is good. Has a great protein to carbohydrate balance there. And then I put a half a cup of oats, half a cup of blueberries, and uh, a scoop of whey protein for that minty taste. <laughs> And blend that. And in the afternoon at work, when you have like, you know, five minutes, you can get basically a solid meal in because a lot of people are just like, I can't eat like like a bodybuilder. And I'm like, well, that's the the smoothie unlocks the magic of having that nutrition because, you know, getting your your enough protein in, in a day and getting enough calories to grow that muscle because gr- muscle don't grow on trees. It does yeah, not it grow is- by itself. It is constantly like yeah. gorging yourself and making yourself eat even when you're not hungry. Yeah, I, I like you're foie grawing yourself, like when they feed, force feed those geese. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, I can't have another chicken breast. And you're like, eat it. Yeah, it's like going going to bed like miserably full. And, and when you come from when you used to be uh, a heavy kid, like and you, and you get to a point where you're, you know, yeah. really impressed with yourself and you feel good about yourself and you feel like you've eaten a house. You're like, gosh, like I feel miserable. But then you wake up the next morning and you're like, Oh, like I look pretty good still. Um, <laughs> well, that's so a that, blessing that, and the curse of, of uh, it former it, obese people is because like they can get to that size, but at the same time, there's a psychological obstacle there. That that is such a real thing. Like I, I yeah. literally feel like every evening, every night when I go to bed, I'm like, oh, I'm so huge. 
and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so skinny. I need to like lift heavy in the gym. Like it's a, it's a yo-yo effect. It is really like body dysmorphia is, is so such a real thing. It's, it's, yeah. Well, in, in part, you know, body dysmorphia sounds like we're all kind of like, you know, lost our marbles and, and we're just not having enough, you know, part of it is I, I think we just have high expectations, right? We're wanting to accomplish so much in so little time. And, and, you know, it's, it's sometimes we drive ourselves and our family and friends crazy because of, of the pressures that we're putting on ourselves. So we're, we're basically trying to do the Olympics and hold a nine to five job. Yeah. And it is, um, it's hard when like in, in my, um, in this neck of the woods, like I really don't have a whole lot of people who are kind of, are like, like-minded. Um, yeah. I feel like people are, I'm constantly being looked at like I'm crazy, but yeah, a lot of people at work, um, and, and most of my close friends are like, well, that's just Hamilton. Like he's going, that's what he's going to do. He's going to wake up at five in the four in the morning. He's going to go to bed at eight at night. He's not going to eat the sweets that are on the counter at work. Like mm-hmm. he, He's not going to participate in this like potluck lunch type thing. They, after a while, they just realize, well, you know, that's, that's who he is. So thankfully people after a while have gotten to realize that's just kind of who I am. So, um, I make it work. So if you're, you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning, that means you're working out before you even start your day job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I'm dying. <laughs> so you're up at four. Are you at the, you're at the gym by what? Five o'clock in the morning or what? Oh, no, I'm at the gym by like 420. Uh, like quarter All to right. quarter after. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just, um, you know, I, I throw on um, some clothes and then go straight to the gym. Like I don't shower before I go because there's nobody there anyway. And then I'm going to go and get disgusting. So I know I'm going to have to come home and shower before work. So, um, yeah, I'm usually at the gym from, um, 420 till about, um, 10 to six and I get home at six and start getting ready for, for the day. And are you getting anything to eat before you work out or empty stomach? I work out fasted. Wow. I can't, I'm dying. (laughs) Oh, I'm dying. I feel, um, I feel, I can't, I can't get a good pump. Like I feel miserable if I'm, if I've eaten, like I feel lethargic and, um, I just, I can't do it. So I I usually just do pre-workout, um, usually some black coffee sometimes, and then go to the gym and get it done. And then eggs when I get home. And, uh, you know, just to warn the listeners, uh, there's been new studies that come out that says basically like regularly taking pre-workout increases your chances of having a stroke in your early thirties and forties. Oh goodness! I was so, excited when you said early thirties, but I haven't gotten to early forties yet. So, so basically, because you know, down. when you're in your fifties and sixties and seventies, the chances of you breaking blood vessels in your eyes or in your brain are much higher. You know, because your 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 circulatory system gets worn out as you live through your life, right? Um, and and uh, you know, th- we have a whole new generation of people who have been taking caffeinated, intense caffeinated drinks. Those energy drinks like in high school the and, yeah. juice. and go the go-go juice of uh, honey boo boo, <laughs> you know? And uh, so now they're starting to observe that a lot of young people are starting to have uh, uh, mild strokes of some kind. And uh, they're, you know, they're attributing to it. They're not yet having a causation, but, uh, and maybe we just live in more stressful times overall, but uh, certainly a lot of people are saying, Hey, uh, you know, uh, 
use a lot of restraint when it comes to pre-workouts because those definitely are slowly eating at your blood vessels. Now, is that the, is that the, um, the caffeinated ones or is it just the like caffeinated the, the ones? Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. I do like the, the pump, uh, formulas are, are really good and I can usually, I can get away with just coffee. Um, yeah. And, but, and so, uh, you know, in, in terms of coffee, um, also tea, black tea is a really great, yeah. uh, pre-workout drink. In fact, I, I, and, you know, there's something about black tea lipped, just regular Lipton. Um, I put it in my water bottle and I find that like, that's like really thirst quenching and the tannins in the tea just jive with my stomach. And I have great workouts with it. And people are like, what are you drinking? Like piss water or something? Or <laughs> cause they can see this like cloudy, you know, urine colored water in my, in my beverage. And I was like, no, it's tea, just black tea. Yeah. I, I, there was a tea that I found. Um, I think it was yeah. <clears throat> like a, um, it was a red tea or something um, that had, um, it had black pepper in it and some mm. in a, it's called uh, cordyceps, which I can't remember the, the research that I read on it, but, but that it was really good for fat burning. Um, and I, I would drink that for a while, but yeah, and I'm, I'm very cold natured. So, so if a, it's a hot drink, like I'm all for it. So that's a kind of mushroom cordyceps, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, typically those things are very, uh, mushrooms are very good for like antivirals as well. And for liver health, depending on what kind of variety you have, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a meme on the internet that, uh, a lot of people, talk about and you know and i find like you know like i had a personal trainer come up to me he's like he starts talking about genetics and i'm like i don't want to ever hear about genetics when it comes to bodybuilding because in some ways it's indirectly racist and it's all you know it's also focusing on the things you can't change in your body as opposed to focusing on the things you can change and then Mm -hmm. you know in bodybuilding forums you always hear this expression You'll never have muscles like a black man. (laughs) And the story goes back to this one bodybuilder who was like out of the gym and and he was like walking out in like a tight shirt. And this little old black lady went up to him and grabbed his bicep and said, you'll never have muscles like a black man. Keep drinking your your smoothies, but you'll never get there. (laughs) I could see like Eartha Kitt saying that. (laughs) You'll never have muscles like a black man. Keep drinking your smoothies, but it's futile. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because but when I was heavier um, yeah. I and out of shape, like I always felt like I had a really good frame underneath all of that. Like something told me, I was like, I bet, I bet if I put in some effort, like I could actually look pretty decent. Um, and like my dad is um, is like he's much taller than I am. He's like six, three. My brother's like six, four. Mm. Um, and they're both, you know. well over 200 pounds. I I can't, I can't, I'm having a hard time doing that um, with like solid muscle mass, but, um, but, but yeah, I I think I do have really good genetics. In fact, my, my arms, people ask me all the time. They're like, how do you get like freaky um, peaks like that? And, and I, and I tell them, I'm like, I actually have like a really short bicep pad. Like, you know, there's short heads and there's, uh, Mm -hmm. there's short biceps and long biceps. And like, if you have, short biceps you do get like a sharper higher peak than if you were to have a longer bicep head and so so i do think that does um you know that does help with the illusion because they're not even um they're just 17 inches people ask all the time and and so in the grand scheme of things like that's not 
like a huge bicep, but, but aesthetically looking at it, it's like, you know, it looks like it's incredibly tall. Um, so well, I think yeah. it does have a little bit to do with it. Well, when you lose a, you know, when you start cutting and, and we've seen this time and time again, you know, guys that look sort of average and, yeah. you know, they go through like uh, four or five months of cutting, slowly reducing their calories and losing about, you know, at the most a pound of body weight a week. Right. Suddenly you're just like, va va boom, like uh, John Paul O'Neill, you know. Uh, who uh, a friend of ours who just competed in a bodybuilding competition. He, you know, he looked like even even the people who were like organizing the contest were like, this guy just transformed overnight. And it's not necessarily that John put on more muscle; is that he was just really, really good at cutting. And so when he stepped on that stage, people were just like, you know, the jaws were dropping because he looked so good because the muscles really popped. Yeah, and, right. And, and, and mm -hmm. I think I have that going for me because, like I said, like I, I. I struggle to put on size. Like I'm, I'm not, I look much bigger than I actually am. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. I think it's sometimes it's all in the diet. Like it's, there's so much more in the diet than um, I, I feel like I've heard it, people say like so much of, um, you know, body transformation and, and bodybuilding, like 99% of it is in the kitchen. Yeah. Like so much of it. Well, and, and in terms of, you know, uh, race and bodybuilding, it's like, do you find that you're put under different type of expectations um, because of, of being a black man? Or do you feel like, you know, that there's anything like special to consider in terms of like what you do? Um, no, not, mm -hmm. not really. I think the biggest thing is uh, people are usually shocked that I have to tan. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I did a show in yeah. 2013, and I was going to the tanning bed like twice a week, um, <clears throat> and and I could see a difference. And then I still had to get like the spray tan mm -hmm. before, and they oiled me up and all that stuff. But um, I I think it it really just that's the biggest thing. Like I, I feel I don't get any I don't I don't have any sort of expectations I have to live up to, but it's more people being surprised that in the actual process of like an, a show what you have to go through in order to like not be washed out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of, um, there's so much skincare I feel sure. that goes into that. And you know, it can be cultural too. Like I, I follow a lot of like in, uh, from uh, India, from the subcontinent, uh, a lot of bodybuilders. And it's interesting when they do their bodybuilding competitions, you know, they do the tanning and the spray tan as well. But instead of having like a more of a, a brown kind of color, they, they infuse theirs with a lot of like gold almost. So like a yellow. Yeah. So they're very like, like they're bronzy, goldy. Like and it's, it's really interesting that like that's that's their cultural ideal. Hmm. You know, and I'm just like, hmm, I wonder how I would look like that because <laughs> it, it's it's an interesting take on the on the color. Well, I, I remember I was in a production of a Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm -hmm. and uh, the character of Rocky was played by my friend Andy, who's black. And um, when they were sort of preparing him with with makeup for the role, uh, they did put gold dust mm -hmm. on his body to really make the muscles pop. Mm -hmm. You know, because Andy is not a bodybuilder, but. You know, the, the role, the expectation of Rocky in Rocky Horror is this jacked up guy, right? Sure. And so, um, and uh, he looked phenomenal on the stage and everybody was like pawing at him. <laughs> oh, was, Rocky. He was just like, I am not used to this. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, and, and part of it is like when you're getting ready for the bodybuilding competition and you've done now two contests, right? I've done one getting ready for another one. There's a second one. And we just yes. went to the NPC uh, Nationals uh, Gladiators here in Chicago. And I got to say, like, you know, in terms of the, per, you know, because for people who don't know, so there's, you're posing in the morning, traditional poses for the judges. That's where they determine where you place. And then in the afternoons or early evenings, uh, they have, you give you about a minute to perform on stage and flex what most people traditionally think about with bodybuilding. And I have right. to say, like, some of these guys may have had the really good physiques, but when they started performing, I was bored to tears. <laughs> but every black performer, mostly, most of them, were great at movement and choosing great music. And so, oh, yeah. when, and so when you were like, when you saw a performer there, you're like, okay, I want to see what this guy has to offer. And you're just like, wow, this, this is such a great performance. Even, you know, necessarily like, so an average body, you know, in terms of bodybuilding can actually look stellar because of the way you present it and the way you move on stage. You are, you are so right. I've, and I feel like my first show, like I, the posing was the worst part, like was one of the worst parts for me. Um, and this go around, I'm, I'm getting a coach because, um, because so much of it is you're right. You can be in amazing shape and just stand up there. And if you just look awkward, you're not presenting, you know, your best self. So it's all about the smile, the way you carry yourself, like your posture, um, the way you move. So it has to look, it can't look like it's forced or like you're some like praying mantis up there. Right. Yeah, and I noticed that some guys they're they're doing um it's uh kind of a most muscular pose, uh with instead of their fists pointing towards each other, their their wrists are pointing to each other, and they look like praying mantises, <laughs> you know. And it's such a weird like thing, and I'm just kind of like, well, it's really good for your tendons, but in terms of like presentation on stage, it looks like you're about to, you know, you look like the thing. <laughs> Right. The movie, the thing where the, like the, another head sprouts off the body <laughs> and spider legs crawl out and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, some of these guys are, like have a very awkward presentation, but then other, uh, guys, they're just like gorgeous in terms of their movement and, you know, the, the, even the music that they choose, uh, Hamilton, what did you choose, uh, to perform with? Like, what was your song? So so I actually did physique. Yeah. And so in physique, there, there was no, it wasn't, it's not like a, um, like the bodybuilding yeah. um, routines. And so you get up, like, I, I can't even remember. I'm sure there was music going on, but you do a routine. that's not really to music. Oh, they didn't but, give you the um, choice of doing Cause uh, this contest, the physique people got to do it. No, it, yeah. I, I remember. Um, and it was, it's all such a blur. Like I can tell you everything about like yeah. backstage, but then what, I think it's like, you might be on stage for maybe three minutes. Um, and it's really just like you're so in your head that you're trying to like hit all your poses and and make sure you don't look crazy. Um, so so yeah, it was for me. It was at, at the end. I feel like it was really a whole lot of standing up there. And um, now I can say I was probably looking a little awkward. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah. Well, that the, was the the, uh, the the physique for people. Just quickly, is it's the one that you use like swim trunks as opposed to swim trunks. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So they cover your quads, and right. you may have the most beautiful quads in the world, but we don't get to see them. 
Yeah, it's like it's beach body. It's really like about upper body and um, you know, I don't I would assume that they they look at calves somewhat, but it really it's all about your presentation from the waist up. Mm, mm. And how did you place? I didn't place at all. Oh. <laughs> I was I was um I was very much an amateur like I um my trainer at the time, his brother was, he, he was going to go into, he actually did bodybuilding and his brother, um, was a bodybuilder, a, a, um, a competitor and he had done incredibly well. And he was like, you know, you guys should just, you know, come out and try it. And so I did, um, I'm glad that I did because it was something I, you know, I wanted to to say that I'd done it. And so now several years later, I'm like, oh, I'm getting the itch. Like I, I feel like I look way better than I did back then. Um, and so, um, it was, it was a, um, it was an experience. It was the, the show prep for me was way more fun than the actual, uh, show day itself. The show day was like, I was thirsty as all get out. Um, I was dehydrated. I was so, I was flat. Like looking back, I think I peaked probably about a week or two early, um, and I just kept going and I was shredded beyond belief. I think I was at 5% body fat, um, but knowing what I know now, I, I would not go on stage as flat as I was. And I would definitely try to be a little more full than I was back then. And, and, and how, you're, you're married. Uh, your yes. husband, uh, he, was, he's like, you look so hot. Let's have sex. And you're like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, back then we weren't, we weren't married, actually. Okay. Uh, and the funny thing is, like, that summer before um before the show he was gone for a long time yeah um and i remember when he came back and he was he was just like oh my god <laughs> oh nice um yeah so but um but he but at the end so that so he came back like august he was gone for um he was gone for some of june some of july and then um in august uh he came back and the show was until like labor day weekend and by labor day weekend he was saying he was like okay he's like you look you look gaunt. You look sick. Like you don't look like he, he was like, you were, you looked better about two weeks ago. So I, I agree with him at that point. I, I look back now and I was just really, really, um, you know, rookie mistakes. Um, but I know better now. And so that's why I'm, I'm feeling, you know, I think I, I've got, uh, like nine years since then. Um, I'll be wow. 40 next year. And I'm like, you know what, why not try again? Um, I, I know better. Um, I'm actually a certified personal trainer now. So I, I, I know a little bit more what I'm doing. I, I know lots more about nutrition. So, um, I feel like now is, is really the time to put all of, um, my knowledge and experience to work. Well, you know, part of it is when you're throwing a, when you're getting ready for a bodybuilding competition and, you know, usually the, the process is some people take up to a year or two years to get ready. Um, the standard cutting is what, um, three months, right? 12 weeks. Yeah. About three or four months, three or four months. And you're throwing it's, I describe it as you're throwing a dart at a dartboard That's like going to take out, you know, up to a year to get to the, to the destination. And million things can go wrong along the way. Right. And so the fact that you even get to that stage is sort of like heroic and an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought the same thing. I, I had no, it didn't bother me at all that I didn't place. Like I, I looked as I looked more incredible than I ever had before, like than I ever thought that I mm -hmm. possibly could. And so just the fact that I was able to achieve that, like for myself 
was way more than a sword or a medal that I could have won. It was um, like that, that was just a moment of pride for me. And so, you know, now I'm just thinking I look better now, but you know, six months out than I did back then. So I'm just excited about what I can possibly do, you know, in, in this next six months. Well, congratulations. I mean, you're, you're, you know, your future is so bright. You have to wear shades, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it is, it it is difficult, you know, and and there are days are just like, you know, for some people, it's just like, oh my God, is this worth it? I, I mean, I'm sacrificing so much. The food's expensive. I'm putting so much hours into the gym where I could be doing other things. What do you say to them? Like, you know, how do you make this like exciting and worth it all the time for you? It's hard to to say, you know, to tell someone just because I think I'm I'm definitely um, a different breed of person. Like I I wake up in the middle of the night excited about going to the gym the next day. Like I I don't I struggle when I can't go to the gym. So. I feel like for the um, for someone who is struggling or meeting, you're talking themselves out of it. Just think of how good you'll feel afterwards. It's just it. All it takes sometimes is just getting up and getting ready. Or I tell some people, just have your gym clothes at the um, at the foot of the bed. Or if you're going to go work after after uh, you get done with work, um, just pack your bag. If you pack your bag, leave it in the car. Like, what's your excuse then? You already have all of your stuff ready to go. Um, I, th- I think the working out is, is easy. Like I said, a lot of the struggle is, is the diet. And so th- you, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have a little bit of this, like you have to have somewhat of a masochistic type attitude. Like I'm going to, you know, put myself through the ringer mm. and I enjoy it. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt to have, you know, the admiration and attention of others. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, by by all means. (laughs) You're like, do you like my biceps? Would you believe they're 17 inches? (laughs) Go ahead, measure them. Touch the skin. Well, yeah, like like people are always like, your biceps must be 25 inches. And I was just like, honey, it's about, I'm like a, you know, maybe like 17 or 18 inches last time I measured, you know? And I don't think of that as big. And I know plenty of people at the gym who have like way better physiques who'd never compete. You know, they're, they're, they don't put themselves out. They don't even have Instagram accounts. And I'm well, like, how am I going to masturbate to your photos <laughs> if you don't put them on Instagram? Well, similarly, there's, there are plenty of people with like, with arms that are way bigger than mine. But, but yeah. I feel like for me, like, I think it's all about the, the conditioning and the shaping, like it's all about the toning. Um, I mean, there, like I said, plenty of people with humongous arms. Um, but I'm just kind of like, I, I like it's, it's the aesthetic. It is the, it's the illusion. So, I mean, and how often, like how many times is anyone really going to come up and measure your arm? Like how many times does that really count? It's really that first glance, that first impression. So if it looks bigger than it is, there's no tape measure around, you know, that's really what's going to stick with somebody, not like a measurement. And if you ever like pose with other muscular friends, just make sure you're standing on the edge of the photo. So you look bigger than them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Closer, <laughs> closer to the, closer to the, the camera, right? It's not just closer to the camera. It's also on the edge. You, you think of the, the space that the camera makes as a bubble. And as, as the closer to the edge of the ah. bubble, you have more distortion. And that distortion is your friend. So anything 
Uh, objects closer to the edge of the bubble are bigger than they appear. The edge, okay. The edge, and closer to the camera. Mm. And so, like, we were at the bodybuilding competition, and, you know, like, some of these guys are huge, and I'm like, okay, it's true, and I'm, like, telling them, it's tradition to stand in the middle of the photo, so we, a smaller people, can out- Look bigger. Look bigger next to you. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> out-angle them. And they're like, what? Huh? Who? And I'm like, stand over here. <laughs> and then they see the picture, I'm like, I look tiny next to you. And I'm like, exactly. That's right. <laughs> and you never will be. <laughs> I mean, we took a photo with uh, Pawan, and he's almost, what is he, 280 pounds? Yeah, he's, and we tried he's to a monster. Our size. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I think we got a couple pictures where we look pretty big next to him. <laughs> so like, you stand back there a little bit. Yeah, Pawan like, okay. is, I just want to say that Pawana, uh, who listens to the podcast on a regular basis, and he like interacts with a lot of the listeners and the guests of the show, and you know, he's he's such a great sweetheart, you mm. know, out there. And and uh, Hamilton, you seem like it's just a wonderful, wholesome guy. I try to be, you know, and and so I really appreciate you because uh, you listen to the shows. I do. I've I've listened to every last one of them. I, I listened to Pawan also. So what what, got, what what was the first one you listened to? <laughs> I'm trying to remember the oh the first one I listened to. Interestingly, was um, uh, Muscle Punch Muscle Pup Badge. Mm-hmm. Oh um, boy! Because I I had just gotten back from San Francisco actually, and I was like, damn it, I was there like a week a week before like one of the the shows that he mm-hmm. had and um and. It, like it was, I was actually born in San Francisco. This is my first time going back, um, and it was just neat to to listen to him talk about. The, uh, I think with Powerhouse is that the yeah they have a night called Flex where they have like yeah. a bodybuilders pose and they have a, a best biceps contest. Right, and I and I th- I thought about that because we were at we went to Powerhouse and I was like I could have done that um, and you probably would have won. <laughs> um, but so that yeah that was the f- the first one that I listened to. But I've listened to um, just about all of them and actually. Um, Levi David, yeah, um, he actually um, used to live really close to me. Like, so Hendersonville is about fifty minutes mm. from here, and he used to um, he was really close by for a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I love the show. Thank you, I appreciate that. You know, Levi moved to Chicago, and uh, both Levi and I have been really, really busy, and we actually not ever met in person yet. And I feel so bad about it. Got to hang out. I know. It's just so many wonderful people that come to us because of this podcast. And Hamilton, I, I just really appreciate you. Like, you know, I know you're 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 like a teacher. You're uh, you know, muscle dad. You're dog dad. <laughs> your husband. <laughs> you know, it's like you do a lot, and I really appreciate you just taking time to talk to us. I appreciate you guys. I, I listen to y'all in the gym. So y'all actually, you're helping fuel all of this. So really? I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Pump it, pump what, it, pump is, it. Is there anything we got wrong or yeah. <laughs> any, do you have any notes? <laughs> I don't, I don't have any notes, but okay. I, I think it's, um, I do one of my, um, one thing I know that, um, Fausto, you like the, the preacher curls on no the, the hammer curls on the preacher bench. Mm-hmm. I do. That, I love them. You know, like I'm, I've, I started doing those when you um, mentioned that, and those don't do it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like physiologically, like it's a, different it's a things good, are for different people. It's a very but. good thing to end your your uh, bicep workout with because it gives you just a, this really cool pump. And and so in terms of like you know, part of it is like if you're admiring, you're admiring your uh, muscles, and you're looking, and it it, it really uh, swells up my forearms and gives me this beautiful pump on my bicep that I can't get any other way. 
And so for me, uh-huh. it's like a, it's a, it's it's a great finisher. Yeah, really, really light. Yes. Really light. Lots of reps at the very end, like just like pushes all that blood in there. Um, for and, for me, yeah, my yeah. my favorite is um, I love seven, seven and sevens, the twenty ones. Gosh, those just you know really you know, fill me up. Um, I, I always look so jacked after doing those. Fill you up. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I haven't done those sevens wink, in a while. Wink. For people that don't know, it's you trying to hit like uh, three different parts of the heads of your bicep, right? Yeah, yeah. So to describe it is uh, it starts off with a narrow range near the top, narrow range near the bottom, and then full range, and that's seven reps each each one of them. And so the idea is just you're just tricking your bo- your biceps into doing vo- a high volume. And because you're changing the way you target your biceps, you're not, you, you hopefully can get 21 repetitions out of it. Yeah. And you're getting that eccentric in like different, yeah. different locations. So I usually go from, I do low and then I do, so I'd basically go from, you know, um, full range of motion up to my waist, lift it up to my waist and do seven of those. And I do from my waist all the way up. Um, seven of those. And then I do complete full range of motion from um, relaxed all the way um, flexed up at the top. So seven of each of those. And I usually do them with, I start with like 10, 10 pound dumbbells. And then I usually work my every now and again, on a good day, I can do like 25, but I mean, it's not supposed to be really heavy weight. No, in fact, you know, I learned this from a bodybuilding lady um, for shoulders, go down the rack. And this is true for uh, forearms. It's true for like calves. Uh, it, you know, part of it is like these these smaller muscles. They love high volume. Yeah. And you know, so she had me basically, you know, do my sh- dumbbell, you know, side lifts. But then we went like from thirty five down to thirty, down to twenty five, down to twenty, fifteen, ten, five. And by the then I couldn't even move. And then my own arms like flapping like a bird in the, at the gym. And I had the most one. I looked like uh, that more plates, more dates guy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name, but uh, who does the video blog on, on YouTube? I forgot. His uh, and, and, you know, he has these beautiful uh, round shoulders. And I was like, that's a great way to sort of like develop. It, I find it like psychologically a little bit like, you know, intense. But mm-hmm. if you can try it every now and then, um, it's it's a great way to then get yourself, your muscles looking at their best so you can take a nice photo for your Instagram and scruff and grinder and so on. <laughs> yeah, walk end up walking out the gym sideways because you're so pumped up. Because everyone's like, you look so great. And I'm like, notice that all my photos are taken <laughs> at, at the, the gym, gym <laughs> within 10 minutes after my workout is over. Wouldn't it be great if that look lasted all day? <laughs> well, then, then you'd be chasing a better look. You know, it's always, <laughs> it is sort of like when you have money, it's like, then you want more money. That's why we're yep. in the situation economically that we're in this country, you know, that people just, they get greedy, you know? Absolutely. How, how much muscle is enough, Hamilton? <laughs> that is the question. We yeah. will see. You need yeah. all of it. Well, that's that's a, that's a a big question because you know at a certain point you're just like your your husband and your family are like okay it's time to eat mac and cheese. Yeah, know? my husband asks me that all the time. He's like, when when are you going to be satisfied? He he's, he asks me that every now and again, and I'm like, it's a look that I'm going for. It's a look. He's like, well, what look is that? <laughs> 
and I can never really explain it myself. So, well, it's it's about the pleasure in trying to achieve a goal that's not achievable. It's a mm. very uh, Buddhist kind of thing, right? So it's like we're trying to do an impossible task and finding the the pleasure in that insurmountable task. It's like uh, that guy in in the uh, not the Bible, but the uh, Greek mythology that's pushing the rock up to the top of the hill only for the rock to go down Sisyphus. Sisyphus. And he was cursed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. But in some idea, like when we read about that story, it doesn't sound like he's complaining too much, you know? <laughs> well, he's stuck for eternity. He's stuck for that. eternity. Yeah. We all are, you know, that's the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're always fighting against aging, fighting against gravity, fighting against decay. Um, but you know, it's, it's about the pleasure of living and living sometimes is doing something over and over again, understanding that it may never, uh, get to this ideal that's impossible. Yeah. You know, but does it mean just because something is uh, difficult or impossible doing, does not mean that it can't be fun or pleasurable to do? You know, yeah, I know I sound I, like I uh, Julie Andrews, like Mary Poppins, like <laughs> in every workout, there is an element of fun. <laughs> you find the fun and then snap your workout's a game. <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar makes your. That's why it's nice to work out with guys who are, are, are built and jacked because you, you it, it's inspirational. Well, and yeah. I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm the thirstiest person at the gym, you know, and it's like, <laughs> like, if it, like some, some guys like, you know, they're, they're uh, sexually compulsive and I'm just like Mae West, like, take a look at me fellas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, ah, yes, do a downward dogs. Yes. Do a, uh, they, they like, um, they really like, uh, the hip thrusts on the Smith machine. Cause they, oh, look, they imagine that I'm fucking them, you know, <laughs> hip thrust. And then the, the, um, the hip, the hip abductor, if you do it the right way, you know, uh, I, I just find those very, they're very feminine in some ways, you know, like what hip thrusts? Yeah, no, no. The, uh, uh abductor, hip oh. abductors and oh, yeah. abductors, you know, what yeah. I call the yeah. vagina exercise. Yeah. Cause you're like <laughs> vagal lifts, vagal lifts. Or you're, well, you're spreading your legs open and you're closing them. Right. And, uh, you know, I always like, I like it when I see somebody who I'm really attracted to doing them and I'm just like secretly going, yes, spread those legs. <laughs> and then when they get up out of their, their, you know, seat or whatever, then you sit down and you're just like, this is what it feels like to sit next to them. <laughs> creepy. Yeah, a little bit, but you know, I'm a people person. <laughs> Sue me. Okay. I will. <laughs> Hamilton. See you in court. I'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast today, Hamilton. It's and, and been people, great. Hey, I appreciate uh, it. You're in Greenville. Uh, sorry. Um, so people can follow you on cupcake.fitness and pecs and peaks, but it's the letter N as in Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Hmm? That's right. Yeah. Pecs <laughs> and peaks. Correct. And thank you, Hamilton. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Had fun. Great. Come back again sometime. Come back again after your contest. Let us know how it Absolutely. goes. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Hamilton Parks lives in Greenville, South Carolina. You can follow him on Instagram, cupcake.fitness mm-hmm. and pecs and peaks. Mm-hmm. The N is for nasty. <laughs> it was great talking Natural. to him. You know, and it, it just yeah. goes to show you too, is like so many of the bodybuilders and people are into fitness is like they've had some real health outcomes 
you know, that they've had challenges. I mean, losing your kidneys. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. You're like, what kidney? Who needs kidneys? You know? And people think, you know, they look at somebody like Hamilton might be like, oh, he's just, you know, he's vain or narcissistic. And, you know, here's somebody who was, you know, formerly you know, fat, thick and, and juicy, thick and juicy and his condition, his body and, and fought through surgeries and, and, and made it. And, you know, all bodies are beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's about like harvesting and, and um, cultivating that beauty. And finding that beauty in for you, you know, it's like maybe you have short bicep peaks or long bicep peaks. It's like, but, you know, what do I have? I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, baby. (laughs) I don't know what you got, but I like it. No. So the idea uh, in terms of like bicep peaks, what Hamilton's talking about is the distance between the crease of your elbow and where your bicep begins. And some people like have this like crazy long distance like there's no muscle there mm-hmm. and then suddenly the bicep appears and so if it's in a good range like hamilton does it can just look like you know cartoonishly mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. um for me i'm like basically i'm the poor goldilocks chose <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i have a pretty average bicep uh insertion is mm-hmm. what the term is and i think you are pretty similar to me you know like now i've been lifting since i was in eighth grade and so what a lot of people say that have is a, it's a very nice way of saying muscle maturity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that old so, muscle. Old muscle. So, you know, that I've been lifting my entire life. And so like I'm at the age now, um, I'm 50, I'm turning 51 in April of this year. And, um, you know, so if I, my competition is going to be, hopefully people had just got into the game. And so I'm likely to place very well if I place at all. Now, um, if, uh, cause if I was in the 30 and below, I, I, I wouldn't do it well at all. You know, what's even, I mean, I could go and be in the contest, but it's not like, I'm not going to have no illusions that I'm going to do as well as somebody who's, you know, uh, 25 years old and been lifting and doing power moves and all that stuff. Like for me, when I was, you know, 25 years old, like we were vegans, (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know, we just didn't have the knowledge mm-hmm. and the resources and the trainers. Like, you know, some of these guys like have uh, great um, coaches in high school that are giving them the information and the resources. And of course, Instagram and YouTube and bodybuilding forums and websites yeah, those and things podcasts. weren't there 25 years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, like some, I mean, they shouldn't be doing this, but like some high school kids are ordering their steroids online and having it delivered into their UPS store mailbox and Juicing at a very young age, uh, which we don't recommend doing, but, you know, they are doing it. And so they're ha- building these massive physiques at a very, very young age. And uh, and their parents are just like, hmm, that creatine sure works. <laughs> We've got some great reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, from Bill TC. He writes, uh, guys who are more than just a piece of meat, really entertaining podcast that provides a voice to so many guys who a lot of people might just view as pieces of meat. Fausto and his husband, Mark, explore more than just being incredibly hot men with big muscles. The conversations they have about everything from sexuality to personal stories paint a beautiful picture of what it can mean to be queer man and go to show that everyone has a story. But not every story should be told. No, not everyone. <laughs> no, but we really appreciate like, you know, people who are listeners of the podcast and have this like amazing story or, or great perspective or secrets, you know, like mm-hmm. share your bodybuilding secrets. Reach out to me 
on Instagram, Fausto Fernos or Mark. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you want to do like a bodybuilding consultation, think of it as like your own personal podcast. Mm. It's an hour on the phone. You and me, we look at everything you've been doing, your food, your workouts, your rest, your supplements, and, you know, the legals and illegal ones. And if you want to talk about steroids, we go talk about steroids. And, you know, and basically it's for entertainment purposes only. It's no substitute for medical information or working with a trainer. Uh, but basically, you know, I've you been set people on a path, I set it on a path. It's, it's like how to find a good coach, how to find a good doctor, um, how to find solutions to the problems and obstacles that you're facing and how to identify some of those obstacles that you weren't even aware that they were there. And people send you pictures of their body and you kind of like give them feedback on, yeah. on their muscle development and, and where they could improve. And, you know, it, for a lot of it is, it is guys who've been lifting for a little bit of while and, you know, they're just kind of like unsure where to go. Mm -hmm. And it's just 99 bucks. It helps to support this podcast. It helps us make this show. And, you know, we have a lot of um, uh, testimonials of like pretty much 100% customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Like no one's been like, that was a waste of time. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so they really feel like they get something out of it. And so if you do that, um, just message me on Instagram and just say, let's grow big together. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it and, and uh, go from there. And because, you know, part of it is like, for me, it's important not just to accomplish something. It's also important to show others how to accomplish the same thing. Like we make the world a better place just by showing others how we do what we love. And it may not, we don't love all the same things, but when we do something in front of another person that really inspires us and drives us passion, it unlocks the secrets to a happy life, an everlasting life mm. in, in um, seeing others doing something they love. Because love, what is love? Love is just the relationships that we have with each other. And so, you know, when the Beatles said, all you need is love, what we're, we're really saying is that the relationships you have with people are the most important things in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's not money and it's not po political power. It, and, you know, what is money? What is political power? Again, it's the relationships between people. And so for you, like uh, you're listening to the show and you're like, you know, I really love this podcast. Uh, I'm maybe in the closet. I may be embarrassed sharing a bodybuilding podcast with my friends on social media. Write a review. Uh, you go to Apple Podcasts and, you know, you can be as critical or as supportive as you want to be. Uh, Bo, uh, he wrote... I feel seen by Let's Grow Big Together. Fausto, Mark, and their guests make me feel like I belong as a queer man at the gym. Their commentary is funny, informative, relatable, and motivating. Rawr. Thank you for making space for queer people in bodybuilding and fitness and for letting us in on the fun along the way. Oh, thank you, Bo. Bo. I, I love the name Bo. It's a hot name. Yeah, it's like, my it's, name's Bo. It's beautiful in French. Oh, and, it, and it's also like uh, Beau Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. Beauregard. Beauregard. Which, which is good looking. Oh, really? Yeah, Beauregard <laughs> is good looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Schneider. Just Beau. My name's Beau. And uh, oh, God. I like Bo. to lift weights and I like to uh, dance <laughs> and I like to be uh, touched yeah. and I love to touch yeah. others and. Uh, you like my biceps? They're 17 inches. I want to remind folks, too, we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus listener, consider signing up today at feastoffun.com slash plus because your contribution to the show is what makes this show happen. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Or maybe you just like to make a donation. You can do that at donate. 
uh, uh, I'm sorry, feastoffun.com slash donate. Or just cash app, Venmo. Yeah, ads uh, are annoying. Um, and you're listening to ads some you know, stuck in the show there. Well, guess what? You can uh, have an ad-free experience just by following us on, on Patreon. It's just a couple bucks a month. Like less than, you know, one pre-workout drink. You, I mean, some of you guys like spending, you know, 12 bucks on like some stupid caffeinated shit that's going to give you a stroke five years from now. Right. Instead... Put that money into an ad-free listening experience by going to patreon.com slash feast of fun or access thousands, thousands. Uh, we've been doing this, uh, two podcasts, feast of fun and let's grow big together now for 18 years. Is that right? We started in 2005. Yeah, That's crazy. So we'll be starting here in 19th season come February. So, so a long time and there's so many great shows, so many great interviews and conversations and they're all ad-free. And you can do so by going to feastofun.com slash plus. And of course, your financial support makes this program possible. So we mm. salute you and we thank you. And uh, please reach out to us on Instagram, Fausto Furnos. Mark Fillion, M-A-R-C-F-E-L-I-O-N. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.